The Movie Hour, episode 31, April 21st, 2009. Spoiler alert, the following hour of programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Welcome everybody to the Jason Biggs Experimental Physics Movie Hour. This is Greg Maloney podcasting from Lake Orion, Michigan. Hi everyone, this is Jim Maloney from Rochester Hills, Michigan. And last but certainly not least, you have Jeff Hendrickson from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's been a beautiful weekend this weekend. We ended up doing uh, some barbecuing. That was delicious for the first time ever. And now it is snowing out once again in Michigan, or at least close to. <laughs> is it really snowing? We had a miserable day here in Philly yesterday. It was like rainy and like disgusting and probably like 42 or something, but definitely didn't snow. Yeah, we got some sleet. That was nice. It's been on and off. It's been freezing, and now our... Pretty much the furnace here is not working as intended. Luckily, this room is like two feet by two feet, so it warms up nicely. I hope uh, everybody everybody out there is in a nice warm house, enjoying a cup of uh, hot cocoa with, uh, and if you're Jeff, probably with some Baileys in it. And uh, and I hope you have pants on, because I'm not wearing pants today. Today's a No Pants podcast. <laughs> it's the Jason Biggs No Pants podcast. <laughs> wow, why, why didn't we just call it that? Yeah, shut up, we should have. Anyhow, <laughs> we, should, we should probably get get going to what everybody wants. No, I'd, to I'd rather talk about you not wearing pants. Yeah, we should probably talk about the. Uh, That's the, kind of a scary subject. Well, you're, I, I have a I've got a feeling your movie review is going to be a scary subject, James. I, I heard about this. Uh, yeah, um, this week I ended up watching the Day the Earth Stood Still, the 2008 version, not the the uh, original 1951 version. Um, one bit of good news is. This is the perfect project for Keanu Reeves. There's no emotion involved in his acting, so he was great as Klaatu. Yeah, no joke. Yeah, and then after that, everything was downhill. Um, Kathy Bates is in it as a um, like the representative of the government. She's bad in it. Not only is her role <laughs> sucky, but she's actually bad in it. Um, You're bad. Jaden Smith, uh, Will Smith's little kid, uh, he was played an obnoxious little brat, and yes, he was very obnoxious and not fun to watch whatsoever. And then some other actors that were in it that were just wasted on the product was Jennifer Connelly was in it, John Cleese, John Hamm, Kyle Chandler, all wasted here. Shouldn't have shouldn't have accepted the project. Good old um, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, I was kind of hoping just for you know a mildly entertaining film with a little bit of cool effects here and there, but it fell short of that. Um, my two biggest problems with the film, obviously I didn't like it, by the way, but my two biggest problems with the film were that when they decided that, you know, Earth wasn't, you know, worth saving and they needed to kind of do like a, a species wipeout, the method of the species wipeout is ridiculous because you have the original Gort, the giant robot from the original who's kind of standing yeah. guard over this, the spaceship while Klaatu is kind of judging human race. Well... The method to wipe everyone out is Gort turning into a million little bugs that feed off of metal and flesh and stuff, and they go flying off in clouds. And I thought it was retarded. It was really <laughs> stupid. It's like the, my one hope for like a little bit of entertainment was to do some cool effects or something, but no, he turns into a, a cloud of bugs and just goes and eats stuff. Um, the other thing that really bugged me about it was... Keanu Reeves' character is out here, he's trying to judge humanity, you know, and the whole movie is supposed to be about how Jennifer Connelly and her stepson, you know, Jaden Smith, are supposed to kind of, you know, convince Klaatu that, you know, the human race is worth giving another chance. Um, she is really hot. 
She is very hot, and that should be reason enough, but it is not. Um, Jennifer Cowley is one of the only reasons I keep living. Yeah, there's there's a scene in the movie where she takes him to John Cleese, who's you know this peaceful scientist guy, and they you know they kind of debate a little bit with Klaatu. But the scene that ends up making up his mind is the little kid asking Klaatu to raise his dad from the dead and crying at his grave, and that was it. So it was like a snap judgment, like, oh, you know what? I think these guys are worth, you know, saving. It's just like, you know, I live on Earth, and I wasn't even convinced that we deserve another chance just from what I saw. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was stupid. Just like, oh, that's what changed your mind? Oh, like, I guess it wasn't that bad. So, In a world where this movie is allowed to exist, <laughs> yeah. I don't think human beings should continue to live. That's fantastic. So. Was- so it's been it's been fifty years since the original. Like, did the original have this whole he was going to wipe out the human race? That was the same idea in that. Yeah, that basically, too? the original was okay. You've got nuclear weapons. You know, now you guys are playing with the big boys. Behave, or you know, we're kicking your ass. This one is more of you're destroying this Earth, and there's not many planets that can you know sustain life in the galaxy. We can't let you waste it. You're you know screwing up your planet. So we're gonna kill you. It's, it's the classic, uh, the classic change of like society. In in I don't know when did the first one come out. The fifties, nineteen thirty. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's terrified of nuclear proliferation. Now everybody's terrified of global warming. I think that's interesting that the uh, the movies changed with it. Yeah. The that's... one one kind of neat thing was they had a bunch of spheres come down from the, the atmosphere instead of just one spaceship, and it was just kind of collecting other species so it could like. Remove them, keep them safe as they wiped out the rest of the planet, and then repopulate with those species. <laughs> so it's one kind of neat thing. But yeah, overall, it's not worth it. If you're just looking for some, you know, random action and some special effects, find something else. Go rent one of the mummies or something. But yeah, I wouldn't waste your time on this one. <laughs> you see, you're saying you'd rather ha- you'd rather watch the mummies. I hate I hate the mummies, and I would rather watch the mummies. Wow! <laughs> when was the last time Jim reviewed a movie that he liked? Um, uh, Burn After Reading, I guess. But yeah, Burn After Reading and Cashback. I think those are the only two that I've actually kind of liked. <laughs> this movie, like, I ended up catching this movie with you, and this movie, like, it wasn't global warming esque, but it definitely was like you guys are just destroying the planet. Right. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just you know, oh, the Earth is overheating, and you guys are gonna end up killing it that way. It yeah. was just you're gonna kill everything because you're idiots. Yeah. And, well, yeah, but I mean, the, the point is still there. I right. think, like that. That's probably the the underlying. Yeah, and he even does that whole, okay, meeting up with the guy who's been spying on you for 70 years, which is played by the guy who played Lil Pan from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. And he's just like, yeah, and he's just like, yeah, you know, these guys are very destructive, you know, I don't think, you know, they're gonna be able to make it, but, you know, I'm gonna live here and die with them anyway, cause, you know, I'm, you know, I love this race, blah, blah, blah. Just like, after 70 years, this guy hasn't, like, given him the gold star, but, a kid crying, crying at a grave, you know, convinced Klaatu. <laughs> so it's just like, I don't know, it was very lame. The other weird thing is uh, the person that wrote this, uh, they only cite that they took the plot from the screenplay of 1951. They didn't take the plot from the original story. They said, hold on, let's look at the screenplay in 1951 and adapt that and write this movie. And uh, no wonder it sucks so bad. Yeah. It's like a copy of a copy. Everyone knows it's worse than the original. And one point of trivia that I don't know if is true or not, but I heard it was, was there's a chalkboard at the the peaceful scientist guy's house, and he solves, like, an equation. He does that in the first one, and it's supposed to be the same uh, chalkboard. Gotcha. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. I'm sure Jeff has something just as interesting to share with us. 
Well, I was um, I was hanging out with some buddies this weekend, and we had uh, we had a couple beers, six or seventeen, and uh, <laughs> decided to toss in an old favorite. Uh, Animal House got tossed in, and I hadn't seen it in quite some time, but it, it was it's always been one of my favorite comedies. Uh, is <laughs> I'm sure I'm probably not going to run up on a lot of yeah. disagreement there. It's a fantastic comedy, but I I just wanted to I I'm, I've been kind of slacking watching new movies lately, and uh, this this one just sort of struck me as one that maybe I should revisit and talk about with you guys here on the show because I love it so much and it sort of changed because I think the last time I saw it I was actually in college and now I, I almost feel like a hearkening back to like those times and you know obviously I wasn't doing crazy 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 stuff like that but like it sort of made me feel old like uh, like the, the, this opportunity has passed me by in a way to be these guys not so it was sort of interesting, but at the same time, still hilarious. I'm sure the people I was watching with were very annoyed because I was a little, uh, a couple sheets to the wind and uh, <laughs> quoting every single line like a minute before it came up. I'm sure it was very, very obnoxious. Well, but another thing, yeah, I would have killed you. Another thing yeah. on, your, <laughs> on your point is we have a lot of teacher friends, uh, and a lot of these I've heard multiple stories of how they've referenced Animal House like in a classroom discussion, and kids like high school kids have no fucking idea what they're talking about. Like That's Animal a shame. House, what's My that? My dad showed me Animal House when I was 13 years old. Yeah, like it's old, like it, what 19, 1970, late 70s at least. Is it? And yeah, I, I and it's late 80s. Yeah, and it's I don't know. Like I guess we're getting to that point where. People just aren't going to recognize Animal House. They're not going to know it. Food fight. The only thing they're going to know is Shout by Otis Day and the Nights, and that's it. They're like, oh, that song's from that movie. I get it. It's pretty soon, Caddyshack's going to go that way, too, then, I guess, which is a real shame, because that's, like, the most quotable movie ever. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anything, like, uh, man, I don't even know where to start. Like, do, you even want, do we even need to go through the plot for Animal House? Uh, yeah, why not, just for kicks? Uh, the, the main characters, it starts out, these two guys are looking to pledge, uh, freshmen looking to pledge a fraternity, and they wind up basically getting rejected from every house on campus, and, and they, they have what they think is going to be an inn at the, uh, the Delta, the Delta Tau Chi, I think, is, uh, is like the worst house on campus, and some of the characters in this house, played by, uh, particularly Tim Matheson and, uh, and Belushi are just just hilarious characters, yeah. and so just a lot of great one-liners, a lot of great like physical comedy with Belushi. Um, really, some some fun stuff, and, and it's kind of this. It, it turns into as opposed to just these two two kids being the main characters, kind of the whole house being the main character, and getting back at this dean for kicking them out of college, and it's it's all very funny. There's a big. Uh... Like, I don't know if it's an urban legend, so it is, but J- J- James, you might be able to confirm this. The story about how, um, God, who is the, who plays the professor in that movie? Uh, it's, oh, Don Sutherland? Yeah, Don Sutherland. The yeah. story about when he was in it, they were offered, like, Harold Ramis and, like, John Landis were talking about, like, what kind of money this guy would get, and the producers were talking about what kind of money he would get, because he was the big name in it. They're like, yeah, let's throw right, right. Sutherland in it. And he was offered, you know, oh, you can take, like, 20000 right now, or you can take 5% of the profits. Like just all time, he's like, I'll just take the twenty grand. This movie's gonna suck. And <laughs> oh, I did not hear that. Like, no. Yeah, it wasn't like That's those crazy. probably aren't the exact numbers, but that was the story. Like, you can just get you know ten percent of whatever this thing accrues, or a flat 50, 50 grand. No, sorry, 
50 That's, grand, please. I, I heard another story about this movie that I'm sure is untrue, but we're in the business of rumor milling here at the, uh, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> at the movie hour. So it's, there's, there's a scene where they're taking all the, uh, they're, they're taking everything, like the police are taking everything out of the fraternity house and, uh, and Belushi's screaming, they took the whole fucking bar. And Tim Matheson steals a fifth of Jack Daniels from this guy as he's like walking away with it and gives it to Belushi and Belushi drinks the entire thing and the, uh, the urban legend, I guess, is that that it was actually Jack Daniels. And it was just that. It's like, <laughs> I believe mine more than that, but I love it. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you, but still, it's it, it's funny. But I'm still going to tell that story as the truth, so yeah. It yeah. <laughs> By the way, edit out the part where I say I don't think it's true, so it sounds like I think it's true. <laughs> no problem, no problem. So yeah, if you haven't caught uh, Animal House yet, you probably should re- like rewind your life ten years and catch it. And, yes, <laughs> be part part of the system. Um, I actually have a, a movie that, you know, is actually, I just caught. It is old though, it's 91. Barton Fink. I can't believe you didn't preach Barton Fink's just, I don't know, it's spectacular. Like, never I don't listen. Like, You never yeah. listen to me when I preach movies, so what, why bother? Yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, another Coen Brothers flick. I'm slowly knocking, knocking, uh, knocking those down, getting, getting to the complete saga soon. But, uh, based on a playwright, uh, New York, Sort of starting to get accredited, and everyone's, you know, he's a big popular playwright downtown New York doing Broadway. And it's a sh- story about this guy who's trying to be a playwright for the people. He's pretty, uh, what's the word, you know, pretty like a creed for the working man trying to, you know, make things that make a difference. And he ends up going to Hollywood to write a screenplay, um, pretty much deciding that he's uh, going to be... He's going to go to Hollywood and change it himself kind of thing. And what happens, he ends up having a giant thing of writer's block. And at this point, he's staying in a hotel in, I think it's just L.A., and he meets John Goodman's character. Uh, and I don't remember what his name is, but he does a – John Goodman might be – this might be his best performance. If you're a John Goodman fan, I would check this out. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, Tutorial does a good he job. He's awesome in this movie. Yeah, Tutorial does a good job as Barton Fink. Uh, John Mahoney and Judy Davis are also pretty big roles in it. Other than that, like you see T- Steve Buscemi, you see a couple others, but it's pretty much from there when he's got, has his writer's block, he runs into John Goodman's character who is Charles Meadows. Um, uh, hijinks ensues, he pretty much gets stuck in between a murder investigation and it ends up being amazing. And what ends up, what's the whole crazy thing about it is there are a lot of I guess theories about the symbolism of what characters mean in this movie. Um, I know we mentioned last week, I think it was last week, about how uh, Barton Fink was created, the screenplay was created as they were working on Miller's Crossing because the Coen brothers were having such problems writing it. And taking that in context with this movie, it just seems like the whole thing, um, I guess you'd have to know the, the scene for scene kind of thing, but in the beginning, they, uh, in the beginning and the end, they bookend the movie with a similar shot of... Uh, um, the sea or the ocean with uh, it's blank in the beginning and then the end John Turturro's there and sees this woman at the end and there's also this uh, ominous box that he's carrying around for like the last half of the movie and you, I got the idea that he's pretty much it just goes through the thought process of what a human being does and sort of like him daydreaming when he meets this girl and then it just goes scales back through that entire movie and anyways, I'm willing to discuss it with anyone that's seen the movie. Great movie. Check it out. You might want to get your thinking cap on because it's a, it's a thinker. It's a deep thinking movie. Gungo Seal of Approval, too, by the way. Yeah, I definitely loved this movie. I only saw it once and uh, was, was quite taken by it. Uh, 
there there are some really it was quite a while ago that I saw it, but there's some very memorable scenes, especially towards the end of the movie, especially with John Goodman. And I think, uh, I think I know what, <laughs> I think Greg probably knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, very, uh, very cool flick, definitely. Yeah. Just, this might be number two on the Coen Brothers list, right under Big Lebowski. Might be. Wow. Wow. So, you like no country than, uh, no country. Yeah. Yeah, No Country's good. They're both pretty, pretty big think pieces, but yeah, go out and see it. Great movie. Now. We have some important things to attend to. The, that is the box office smash of this weekend. And again, this it's not Fast and the Furious, fortunately. <clears throat> Terrible <laughs> fucking movie. <laughs> Caught it. Great movie. Um, yeah, 17 again, apparently, which was just released this weekend. It was the smash hit at, what, $24 million? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this movie's about uh, a 40-year-old man going back and somehow reliving his age at 17. Although... I'm pretty sure this is one of those, he knows he's 40 and he's in a 17-year-old body, right? Right, like, yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely what this is. I saw the commercial yeah. for it. It's another um, Freaky Friday knockoff. Right. Yeah, Freaky Friday. It's kind of switching, I guess. A little bit of bitch. Um, the the friend character in this like it's it's like, like his friend uh, I can't remember the guy's name. He's in Reno 911. I find this guy really really funny though. Um he, uh, he's he's uh, anyway that that might be the one saving grace of this movie. I'm sure there are a couple of genuinely funny parts with this guy, but I'm sure this movie's terrible. <laughs> and why? Yeah, I don't know. Pe- like people just want to go. People want to be 17 again. So I guess we should just make the next movie is 16 again. When 16 again comes out, will this make more? Will that make more <laughs> Could money? That be the sequel? <laughs> I guarantee that at the end he he realizes that the grass is always greener on the other side and wishes to be uh, 40 again because that's that's how these movies always work. We'll have to we'll have to hear that from. I think you're out of something there. <laughs> what is important though is State of Play tanked. Thank God. Oh, apparently, 17 again was such a great movie that State of Play could not live up to uh, expectations. I, I don't know. Maybe people are getting sick of uh, Russell Crowe. Could be it or Ben Affleck perhaps. Or both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, maybe, maybe people aren't sick enough of either one of them, but if you put them both together, people go, oh, God. That's <laughs> <laughs> Never mix those it's, two. Well, sort of sad, <laughs> because Observe and Report, which I'm sure is way better of a movie, at least for what it's intended to be, um, tanked in the past, what, two weeks, three weeks? It's at 18 million gross. Really These movies cool. made more than it did in this weekend. Well, yeah. close to it, anyways. And this Adventureland movie that I heard good things about from uh, the one person I know that saw it. Uh, yeah. Only $14 million. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it, man. It's it's crazy. Well, I guess the the good news is at least kids are winning. Monsters vs. Aliens is number one of the year right now, right? And it's at... Or is, yeah, it's number one, right? Yeah, at one, yeah. one of the year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 162 million, almost 163, and still still raking in pretty good bucks here. Uh, 12 million, or almost 13 million last weekend, yeah. so... At least kids are doing their job. Apparently, let's try and inflate those numbers. Everybody go out and catch Monsters or Aliens. Everybody that's listening to this podcast, I'm sure we can increase this by like 13 yeah. million ease. I'm just All curious. Right, but everybody that's listening to this podcast that, that likes me the best, go see the Hannah Montana movie instead. <laughs> that's yeah, I'm trying to remember uh, which horses we chose for the uh, 2009 uh, intro. I. I, don't remember. I think I went with the Watchmen, and I'm obviously. <laughs> yeah, I, think you're, I think you're out of the race, then. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it's at like it's at like sixth of a year at yeah. like 110 yeah. million or something. Uh, yeah, it's fifth right now. So, I think Jeff won Transformers. Jeff won with Transformers too. Yeah, I don't remember. I think, I don't I think I'm gonna win. We'll see. The other the other thing that is uh, important this weekend or this week, I guess. Let's move toward this week, and then we have Earth Day tomorrow, people. 
Yesterday was yesterday. Plant a yes- tree, assholes. Yeah, yesterday was pot day. You guys could go smoke a tree, and then tomorrow oh. is Earth Day, so you have to go plant a tree. For every, huh. for for the for your future generations, people, Earth Day is important. So so does Earth Day does it rotate or is it always on the twenty second? That's a great question. Nobody knows. Should have, should have looked into this. Yeah, I think they just make up a different day for it every I, day. I hope, I hope it rotates like the Earth. Ooh. Okay, moving Ooh. on. I'm editing that out. So, <laughs> what's important is this Earth Day. This if Earth you can Day. edit that out, you better get rid of your smoke a tree, plant a tree joke, because that's okay. the worst thing that's ever been on this podcast. I can Terrible. So, Earth Day, uh, along with Earth Day, comes in Earth Movie, which actually came out a while ago. It came out in France or something originally, and it was it's just a documentary about... The species, plants on the Earth, our uh, impact on what's happening on the Earth, but it's just being released in the U.S. tomorrow, I believe. And uh, so maybe if you're Honor. catching a movie, scratch that on Monsters vs. Aliens. Go catch Earth and see uh, see a movie. If you like Patrick Stewart or uh, James L. Jones, they're uh, narrating it. I love you. Love their voices. I know you do. So yeah, both of them. Go support go support the Earth and Disney at the same time by yeah, going. Apparently, to see Disney that. will plant a tree for everyone that sees it tomorrow on Wednesday. Yeah. Off, by <laughs> the way, so that's that's actually true. Um, yeah. Every box office is. I, I want to mention something just real quick about Earth and kind of put in a, our first short little plug. Uh, the trailer for Earth has a great song in it, a song called Hapipola by a, an Icelandic band called Sigurós. Really uh, makes me actually want to go see the movie because it sort of just puts me in in, in a in a different sort of mood than regular looking at polar bears would. And uh, and I want to put in the, the short plug, we're going to be actually be talking next month a lot about music and film and, and that sort of thing. Music in May is going to be the uh, the theme of next month. We'll, we'll tell you more about that later. Yeah, true story. And also, did you... So you caught this on a commercial on TV, or do you watch the trailer on in the, the internet? Uh, commercial on TV and also the trailer on the uh, on the interweb. Interesting, interesting. I haven't seen anything about it. I had to do research to find out that Earth existed and this movie was coming out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really good. I had to yeah, find out does. if Earth existed. And there's actually another movie. There's two other movies I want to discuss. One, uh, this movie's coming out on Friday, The Mutant Chronicles. This movie is pretty much about Earth just giant corporations in way in the future, which we'll get to in a second, fighting each other, release some mutant army by accident that start killing everyone. But what's, what may, what the reason, the only reason I want to bring this up is that it's plotted, the scene, the setting is 2,707. Like, is this the, is this as far as we've gone before in a movie? Like, is there a more futuristic movie than this? Like, we're going to 2,700. Have we, like, I know there's, you know, Star Wars long, long, that's like a long time ago. That's, and yeah, that's back, far. yeah. How, like yeah, when did Star Trek take place? <laughs> <laughs> 2007, I, or 2700 is probably the most ambitious movie to date, and I just, cheers to that, cheers to that. <laughs> you guys are crazy. <laughs> I love the plot, though. It sounds like a video game plot. It's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Um but the the real the real movie we want to talk about uh, at least a little bit was uh, the soloist movie coming out, which is a movie about uh, I forget what mag or what uh, journalist what uh, newspaper reporter it is, but uh, pretty much hits the streets of L.A. Uh, not looking I don't think he was looking for this guy, but he ends up on a street corner where a guy is playing I think it's the violin or the cello, and he he says oh that sounds pretty good let me go talk to that guy he's just some homeless bum with a violin discusses. Discusses with him a little bit. The guy, turns out the guy um, ended up going to some really pre, like a uh, premier school, 
And he was one, he's like, this guy must be delirious. This guy's crazy. And he checks his background story. Turns out this guy literally is a violent, like, I don't know what you'd call it, like a prodigy. Yeah, a a prodigy with the cello. And it's a story about him getting off the streets, making a difference, and Robert Downey Jr. making more money and winning over the American public. And, (laughs) (laughs) like, what's interesting is this movie turned out pretty fast because I remember hearing this story on NPR, like, not more than it, like, not even more than a year ago. And, um, apparently it's gonna inspire millions, I guess. You guys plan on seeing this movie this Friday? It's a movie. So that's probably what you were hearing about on NPR was about the book. Yeah, well, I ended up hearing the actual journalist discussing the meeting and the interview. Probably because of the book. Yeah, probably, probably. But regardless, regardless. <laughs> uh, I'm sure this movie is going to inspire millions of people to uh, go out and become... I think the guy's schizophrenic is, is the issue, and he ends up... Uh, Jamie Foxx is the schizophrenic guy, Robert Downey Jr. playing the journalist, and it'll be a lot of heart throbs. You guys will Box love it. office gold. Yeah, it will, it'll, weigh, it'll make a lot of money, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm not very interested in seeing it. It seems like I don't know a big excuse to try and win awards or something. It's, it's a it's one of the yeah it's one of the Oscar made movies. Yeah, just, I'm sure somebody dies at the end. Somebody. It just, it just has that feel about it to me. Like I'm not that interested in the story or anything. So it just seems like they put it together. Like oh you know this is heartwarming. Maybe we can get some awards out of it. Let's go. Yeah, it's true. Could happen. Well. I guess they're trying to make up for Tyson coming out, the documentary about Mike Tyson. If, if you're going to catch a movie, maybe decide between one of those. I think they're mutually, <laughs> I think they're mutually exclusive. You see one or the other, but yeah, you can't see both. That's for sure. We were discussing a little bit more, uh, a little bit about inspirational movies earlier, and this one, I think this is trying to aim to be such a movie. And I think uh, we talked about Pursuit of Happiness. This was just before the show. We talked about Pursuit of Happiness a little bit, and how I didn't like that movie. Although I'm solving a Rubik's cube. I almost got it. <laughs> when you say you're solving a Rubik's cube, that that implies that you're ever going to get it solved. I don't I, like. You're working on a Rubik's cube. Yeah. I think and it's you, probably a better. You're, tra- you're ruining. You're ruining it, Jeff. You're ruining. Oh, it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, well, give I'm me shit. Okay, we'll do. Uh, but yeah, inspirational movies. These are the movies that you might watch. You know, when you're a bit down, a bit down on yourself, want to get want to get inspired and animated to go go out and feel like you. Uh, what's the word? The world is your oyster. The saying, I guess. And yeah. I was curious uh, for both of you, what would you say is a movie that you watch to inspire your, yourselves? Like when you when you uh, when you want to be uh, recover your confidence in human nature, what, what movie do you catch, Jeff? Um, you know, it's it's kind of odd, but I would say that probably like generally speaking, I don't really watch a movie to inspire myself. I would I would listen to music or something like that. A movie takes too long, but uh, <laughs> I do I, I I do always feel a little bit like I should. Get up and do something. Like after after I watch one of my favorite movies, Man on the Moon, uh, the biopic about Andy Kaufman. Uh, just because here's a guy that really had sort of a bizarre goal. Well, I guess the goal was not. He wanted to entertain people, but he wanted to do it in a very different way. And he's sort of a weird guy and had these these weird ways of doing things but he he just he attacked it as hard as he could and he really just did what he wanted to do and he, he succeeded in a lot of ways and even though it's kind of a tragedy uh the the story of what wound up happening to him and everything yeah. um here's a guy that really at, at the top of his game was just one of a kind and absolutely amazing and was doing exactly what he wanted to do and sort of had the world in his hands and that always kind of it always puts a smile on my face and, and makes me happy so 
it doesn't uh, it's not a downer on you with the ending and how you know the ultimate Kaufman you thing. know of course of course that's a downer but I, I think um I don't know I, I think <laughs> I, this is this is gonna sound a little tacky but I genuinely think that uh that Andy Andy Kaufman probably thinks the the whole thing's funny like you know from wherever he's sitting now it's uh, a <laughs> <laughs> He's, uh, I mean, like, it, it, yeah, obviously the, the story of Andy Kaufman is a genuine tragedy, but here is a guy who really had what he wanted and, and did exactly what he wanted for a period of time, and I think that's really great. Cool, cool. James, do you have one that's uh, your your flagship inspirational movie? Um, I'm not usually one that watches a movie to get inspired. I usually get inspired by movies on accident. What's your um, muse, James? What's your muse? Yeah, that's a tough question, too. Um, I think in general, though, speaking, I think the movies that tend to inspire me are movies that are based on like one person who's just trying to overcome a lot of odds against them and then achieve something at the end, um, a la like, Over the Top. Something like that. <laughs> I've got a, this movie's missing something. I don't know. Arm wrestling for the custody of my son, uh, uh, and a truck. Don't yeah. forget about that truck. But that was good. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, the, the first part's pretty true. I mean, the, the solo fight, you know, against all odds type of atmosphere, and then actually getting something done at the end of the movie. That's the sort of thing that'll actually inspire me. But yeah, I thought. I thought I thought you were gonna pull out a you know be- insert beautiful actress joke here to inspire me joke, but oh. you you went you went uh, hate to say exact it, op- you went over the top of that. Uh, <laughs> yes, I did. But uh, I absolutely love. I, we could talk for hours about this movie because of its literary qualities, but I love the fact that the movie is actually called Over the Top. Like, <laughs> like you're watching the part where he drives the truck into the guy's living room, and you're like, "Oh, this is a little over the top." Oh, I get it. Like, it's, it's great. I love uh, it. The one, the one I was gonna pick that uh, I, Jeff might even maybe I'll be able to sway Jeff over with this. I, I'm picking Royal Tenenbaums, and the reason is there's a, there's a couple a couple things. The first off is all these characters are pretty much like flawed in their own special way. Like this is a Wes Anderson movie about the the family of the Royal Ten- or Tenenbaums and uh, the main character being Gene Hackman. Well, maybe the main. I guess it's a it's a co-authorship. It's, it's yeah, yeah, cast. ensemble yeah. cast. But Gene Hackman's character is trying to pretty much take take the years back, get back to know his family, and try to try to take care of all the mistakes or correct all the mistakes he's made in the past with his family. But every character in that movie. Maybe other than Angelica Houston's character has their own flaws, and it's all about these guys, which you know may or may not represent the your average human person, figuring out that they are okay with the flaws they have and their mistakes, and also it being Royal Tenenbaum trying to turn back time and correct these mistakes with his family and just repair the relationships. He's able to do that, and it's just at the end, pretty much. Everybody's okay with themselves. Everybody's happy with the way things are going, and they're looking toward forward to the future. And it's just you get a great feeling out of that movie. And uh, that that would be my pick for an inspirational movie that I would watch. But um, I don't think Greg, you sold me. Yeah, thanks, thanks. I don't think any of these movies are like known to be like the well, definitely Jim's movie might be, but our nobody really recognizes Tenenbaums or Man on the Moon as a big inspirational movie. Like I think we I don't know, are we different or are we just off the mark? I think that we take a little bit more nuanced approach. Uh I think a lot of the inspirational movies that that are out, um like if you think about like I I don't know, like name it like uh like like you were talking about earlier, the pursuit of happiness. 
I saw that. I didn't really, I didn't dislike it, but it, it's kind of like hacked. Like this is, it's very clear what emotion every person is going to get out of this. It's, it's very built in. You don't really have to think about it. And, and I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to toot our hearts too much here, but I think we all like movies that you have to think about a little bit anyway, and, and that aren't just. It doesn't have the the message right on the face of it, like Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's kind of why we, uh, to all of our listeners, we had, uh, particularly Jim and I were talking about this, we had a lot of problems with trying to come up with inspirational movies we liked because a lot of them are just this very, like, kind of like a cheap emotion, emotional appeal that the director or the screenwriter gives you. It's and, very uh, formulaic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Here's a guy that was poor and, uh, you know, his family, his dad beat him and he was an alcoholic and now he runs a business or whatever it is, you know, it's like, it's... A, <laughs> he gets a little farther and then there's a downer, but then he recovers and goes back up. Right, right. Well, there's, like like you said, there are, I, there is really a formula for some of these things. Like, they fall into distinct categories, which I know we discussed a little bit before, like, we aren't going to... We've decided not to discuss, we're not going to discuss any other biopics like The Soloist. There's a lot of movies about a specific person that, you know, are all about just the feel good thing. Like a lot of biopics or biopics are like that. They try to pick somebody's genuine struggle, which is loosely based on their life and turn it into a sappy feel good at the end of this. Um, but there are other ones like we, uh, also we discussed that a lot of these things fall into the sports category. Like yeah. these movies, that people like watching. Um, perhaps, you know, if you're running a marathon or if you're, I don't know, want to, want to be on the football team of high school, there are a lot of movies for you to catch if you want to be the, the underdog making the team or maybe the team that has no, has no, uh, nobody has respect for them and they end up pulling something off miraculous. Yeah. Uh, a la Miracle on Ice or Miracle, whatever, whichever yeah. movie you prefer, but. I think the, the biggest, example of that at least in the sports is rocky i mean because not only is the guy coming from you know just living very poorly to trying to achieve recognition in the boxing world but it kind of mirrors that with sly stallone's kind of real story about how he was a nobody and he made this movie happen he wrote it and got into it and all that kind of stuff so i think that's kind of like i don't know the the flagship sports movie as far as you know Inspired to do something. I mean, hell. Wait, like, I didn't. I didn't know this that much. So this was like Sly Sloan's big entrance. Yeah, I didn't know that, that. that was like his big project. Interesting. I did not know that about Sly Sloan. Well done, Sly. And this, <laughs> like that movie, it's also like not only is he the nobody in the movie that turns into a boxing guy, like he has no skill either, and he wins with his, you know, with his struggle, with his right. heart. Yeah, he doesn't. Right, he's yeah. admittedly classic. not smart, you know, type of person. <laughs> he's just, just willpower, basically. Yeah, and. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe Sly Stallone's the best writer of all time for this movie. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Um, and a great, of course, uh, a great score, especially in the second one, of course. And, right. Uh, it's it only gets better and better. That movie, yeah, that movie, that movie would inspire me. I, I, I'm a feel good. I, I think hockey. boxing movies in general kind of lend itself to this kind of stuff very easily. I mean, it's yeah, basically it's one person versus the world. In the face, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually like in Cinderella Man and Rocky and, you know, even Million Dollar Baby. I mean, they're all just, you know, kind of come from, you know, no name or background, just fighting and clawing their way to the top. So I think, I mean, just naturally they just fit in this, this category very well. Yeah, it's, you don't get to see much uh, where your hero, you know, gets verbally, mentally abused, pushed around. But when he gets physically beat up during the film, you feel it a little extra. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, getting punched in the face makes for makes for a more sympathetic hero. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I, I think there are a lot of a lot of these sports movies. I think again because it's a very it's a very basic appeal to like you're, you're going to feel for this person that came from nowhere and is succeeding because everybody wants that for the people they like and people like that about people. Uh, it's the American dream kind of. Yeah. yeah. So, but it, it just doesn't seem like there's been a really really. Uh, great exploration of that, I guess. Or it, maybe there is. But it seems like it's a very basic plot for all the sports movies. What, what are the other uh, categories you guys think these things fall into? Well, I actually, I was, I was thinking about it for a while, and I know, like, are we... War movies are, I don't know if they're, are war movies inspirational to you guys? Like, when you watch these things, like, things, pretty much, it's all about obvious struggle with fighting and killing, and sort of like somebody sacrificed for the greater good kind of thing. Like, is that an inspirational thing or is that just conflict coming out that's not as inspirational to me just because it's usually you know multiple people versus you know multiple people so it's not accentuated as much whereas like a one person trying to go against all the odds would speak more loudly i think well i don't know like it's i think that's like that's arguable because you have it is multiple people on usually, like, on the protagonist side, but you never know the enemy. The enemy is, like, the Japanese or the British. Like, it's one person. And you end up, like, uh, the one specifically I wrote down is Glory, which is all about the um, Civil War, Civil War, right? Correct. Yeah? Yeah. I'm like, wait. You I'm wrote like, it down. You yeah. Know. I'm like, wait, Civil War, right? And <laughs> it's um, pretty much all about a black battalion doing their part to win the Civil War, and... The, really, you don't get to know any of the other any of the opposition. It's just them sacrificing themselves for what hopes to be a better world, and I guess they're pretty much fighting for their personal freedom as well as the country's freedom. I guess you could consider that. But yeah, I would have to say, I, out of all the war films, Glory would probably be the the most appropriate for that. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna make the uh, I'm gonna make the statement that I think the most inspirational, and it's just one little part of the movie. The very end of Braveheart, after uh, after William Wallace is dead, when uh, when the like the the British the British are gonna meet them, and instead of meeting, they just charge at him, and the one guy throws his sword, and, and it like, and then you've got like the narration over it. That part to me is really really like awesome. I really like that part. It makes me feel like uh, like anybody who really wants it, as long as you want it enough and you're willing to do enough for it, whatever it is, you can have it. You just have, and I think that's uh. It, it, like the narration really does it too. I can't remember exactly what it was, but something like starving and outnumbered. Uh, they they defeated their whatever with their opponents, and it's yeah. really really kind of cool. So so straying straying away from the dying to get what you want story. <laughs> um, there's a movie that actually I don't think it gets that much props, and it's it's rather old. The Norma Ray. Do you have you guys are you guys familiar with this movie? I'm familiar with it, but I haven't seen it. It's pretty good, and it's about it's like the, about the Joe worker person trying to. Um, it's Sally. What is what Sally is her Field? Name? Sally Field. I was, I was about to say Sally Ryder and end up with <laughs> another dead joke. Um, so, and it, it's about her and the uh, the other main character, which I'll find out in a second because I don't remember his name either. But it's about them forming a union. They're trying to form a union when unions were pretty taboo in the blue collar workplace, and I think it's a. Uh, it might be a car company she works for, but it's nothing specific. They don't bring up a name. And her dad, who also is pretty much, you know, third, she's a third-generation worker where her dad still works there, and her grandpa, like, just retired. And it's about how terribly treated they were. She sees it in her eyes, and she wonders why they aren't doing anything. And then it's a uh, another out-of-towner who's trying to form these unions from going from pl- plant to plant, 
are pretty much well uh he pretty much gets booed out of town by most of the workers until Sally Fields befriends him tries to introduce them into the, to introduce him into the plant and they end up voting for a union at the end of the movie and everybody feels all hunky dory let's stick it to the man this works and it's actually like there aren't I guess there are a couple movies like that but this movie like it was Aaron Brockovich comes to mind I don't know why yeah like sticking it sticking it to the big corporate man yeah, yeah. I guess that would be something like it and also you know this is this movie's a long time ago and Sally Fields was a uh, pretty attractive i'm not gonna lie to you in that movie um thanks for your honesty greg yeah so catch catch it if you're a sally fields fan um good movie though good movie so aaron brockovich is there anything else that fits this this pattern probably nothing that i can think of off the top of my head i mean mr Mr. smith goes to washington is somewhat like that oh good call yeah yeah taking on taking on the big yeah he kind of gets suckered into taking this senator job so they can use them for his votes how they want, but then he realizes, you know, what's really going on, and he makes a stand of his own. So I, I would say that's pretty similar. That's pretty, yeah. And also, uh, what was I going to say? This one's really old, and I, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I ended up, uh, we ended up talking about it before, is The Grapes of Wrath as being an inspirational movie. And when you watch that movie, it's depressing as hell. And yeah. the only, like the last, maybe the last ten minutes or something are, are pretty inspirational, but it's all about pretty much uh not slave labor, but uh, tenant farms way west in California. When I forget what the time period, I don't know my history, but um, pretty much it's a yes, it's- family doing very poorly, and I think they're in like Texas to begin with, and they end up going Oklahoma. out west, Oklahoma, and they end up going out west to find works, find and work. It's the thirties, yeah, the Great 30s. Depression, All right. <laughs> and and they end up uh, finding out that there's just way too many workers for the work that's out there. And all these corporations that own the fields and that are pretty much making people work for nothing um, are taking advantage of people by pitting them against each other and just who can work for the lowest amount. And that's another thing where they sort of just hint to the idea of forming a union. You know, we got to team together as pretty much workers getting screwed on this deal. And that happens in the last ten minutes of the movie, unfortunately. But um, the end of the movie is just... Hey, I'm out there. I'm going to help form this union. Everything's going to be better in the end, and you don't really get to see it get better, but that's the hope of it. Right. It's, it's not really along those exact same lines, but when you said the uh, like the last ten minutes are good, uh, or you feel good, it reminded me of another movie that I, I guess I would consider inspirational. Maybe uh, maybe not overall, but at least to me is uh, the Shawshank Redemption. Um, where the, the, it's this whole movie of this guy basically just getting shit on. And, uh, and like, it's a really long movie, but the last five minutes where he gets out of jail, like, he breaks out of jail, he screws the warden over, he, he gets away with all the money, he does what he's always wanted to do, he goes to Sewantaneo to make himself a hotel and a boat. And, like, <laughs> the redemption so, part of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's like, it's so rewarding at the end of the movie for you. It's like, yes, this is exactly what should happen. And yeah. it's, it's a really good feeling, because that doesn't often happen. In, yeah, in, uh, I love that movie. It's uh, a really good movie. Well, I think the the theme the theme in that movie, and I guess it is sort of the same thing in uh, um, what was I just talking about? Norma Ray and Grapes of Wrath was like it's sort of like if you just stay, if you do things right, if you pretty much this is uh, to use a, a gallery, gallery love this a stay the course kind of mentality where you just keep doing what's right, keep doing what's good, and then you can decide on your principles that if I do this the way that, you know, I can decide what's right and wrong. If I do this, people will 
you know, figure out that this is the way to do it. This is the nice thing. This is the right way. And people will come to my aid or people will, you know, things will turn out all right. It's just in that movie, Shawshank Redemption, it's all about hope. And, right. you know, as long as I'm, I'm, I'm due for this and it's going to happen. And as long as I keep that mindset yeah. and work toward that goal, eventually it's going to happen. Yeah, it, and, but I mean, what I love about it is the whole way through – for anybody that hasn't seen it, it's a movie about a guy who is wrongfully accused of uh, murdering his wife and another guy, and um, he winds up going to prison. And the whole way through, you really don't know that, he, that he's planning to break out. Like, and then all of a sudden, he's gone. Like, he's out of yeah, prison. He escapes. Like, and it's a really, it's a really cool. Uh, it's, it's a really cool thing because you just see this guy getting more and more downtrodden, and. All of a sudden, you realize that he, the entire course of this movie, he's been working towards his eventual escape, and like, so even though even though they've beaten him and, and done all this horrible stuff and really taken away his spirit, he never lost hope, and he continued working one inch at a time towards yeah. this towards this exit that you find yeah. out about at the end of the movie. I mean, whereas like the sports movies, you know, have the goal of like a championship or something else, it seems like these movies are more of you know, perseverance as their goal. It's just like, okay, yeah. we can just yeah. make it through here, you know, willpower, that's going to be our, our great achievement. That's what I'm talking about there, James. Perseverance, great word. That's, yeah. what, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> and and for. you had mentioned uh, Grapes of Wrath earlier, and it kind of made me think of another category that I thought of while kind of looking at some of these movies. It seems like a lot of these movies are based off of families or kids or whoever coming from poor backgrounds or, like, hard childhoods. And I think a lot of these type of films fall in that category, kind of like uh, The Dangerous Minds of the World or, you know, Finding Forrester. The Substitute Teacher. The Substitute Teacher. We'll help you get through this tough urban life. That's a whole other day. We can talk about that a whole other day, The Substitute Teacher. And even, like, Goodwill Hunting to some effect. You know, he came from a bad background, but, you know, kind of... perseveres and gets through uh to interrupt a little bit i wanted to mention that uh we do support athletics here on the movie hour and we have a special movie hour listener that is running in a marathon when she's gonna be listening to this and we want to mention good luck Every, everyone here hopes you do well finish the race good well done hopefully you're past that, a really big hill by now yeah and uh if you are uh if you did start this i well when you did start listening to this i hope you've at least gone four miles by the time you got to this point in the show so good luck keep up the pace and uh, we do need to move well, on. Well, that's actually the reason that we're making this uh, this particular podcast four and a half hours long, because that's the time we expect you to finish it in. So yeah. keep listening, so, you'll enjoy it. Three more hours to go. And we, will, right. and we will start those three extra hours with a, I think, where Parker Posey is uh, what's next. Parker and Posey's play along, right? Yeah, yeah, it's big. And the Parker Posey was actually brought up by moi. This week, I made it made it pretty easy. We had some uh, answers on Facebook, answers on the forums, like like uh, hoped. The question was, what is your favorite movie genre and why? And there were like lots of answers. I was ha- I was happy that we ended up getting the quantity we were looking for, and there were a lot of descriptive ones as well. Some people even threw in two or three. The one the one I wanted to point out was uh, Barris's answer, just because I I didn't see this one coming. It was foreign films, but he specifically states he's a samurai film junkie and. As much, like, there's one thing I haven't gotten into, well, there's two things, westerns and samurai films were probably the two things I haven't caught anything of, really. Which is, like, and maybe, an Asian western, so. And it's sort you of upsetting, because, Var- yeah, I did, I, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> Varys is my Netflix, like, dating buddy, because we've been 98%, per- 98% cat- yeah, compatible. Until recently, I went on a, I went on a uh, rating flick, and unfortunately... I think we split up because 98% is just not enough. And I think what we did was disagreed on the diehards because I, I rated the diehards this weekend. 
and we're no longer compatible, so apparently we just don't disagree on Die Hard. <laughs> die Hards was the only yeah. great. Well, we'll have to talk. Die Hard is another man's the Earth, or the day the Earth stood still. Uh, <laughs> also, he uh, he he does a great job of sending me uh, ideas for my Netflix queue. Which, by the way, if any of you guys feel like sending us uh, Netflix ideas, we're always willing to accept them and listen to find some other movies to uh, fresh our palate. But um, keep it up. Keep up the good work. My, any of the, any use, yeah, my ahead. favorite Parker Posey response was Joshua's. Porn is such a yeah. great answer, and it's, <laughs> it's it's. I'm glad that he can you know feel comfortable enough with us that he can share that with us. So, kudos to Joshua. If, if he listened to our uh, to our, uh, our our podcast, he would have known that our live listener uh, Dean actually picked German porn specifically as his answer. So, yeah, I don't know. I got you. You gotta let two people say something. If, if they want, oh, yeah, no, porn, they can say it. Yeah, no, there's no no problem with him saying, "Hey, I I like porn as much as the next guy, probably more." So, um, Jeff, you got mocked for your drama pick, by the way. I think a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, it's, I didn't really mean it. Actually, I'd like to change mine to exactly what Galloway said. Uh, uh, comedy, more specifically, dark comedy and maybe even dramedy. Uh, <laughs> he he goes on to say, getting laughs out of awkward series and otherwise important events is pretty much my raison de toi. <laughs> and that's 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 nice. That's I agree. Um it's uh it, I I absolutely love like the the sort of like uncomfortable moments and and the weird things. That that's what makes me laugh. So I, I agree. Well, with I'm him glad on. you're man enough to, you know, step up to the plate and say that, you know, you need to change your answer. So Yeah. Kudos yeah, to well, you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's that's that might be the first time. That might be the first time. But uh, anyways, you have our you have our latest, Jeff. It's time for yeah, the, yeah. The mine is pretty update. basic. I'm looking I'm looking to get a variety of responses here because my last couple really haven't gotten the, the response I'm looking for. What I'm looking for this time for Parker Posey's play along is a movie that came out before you were born that you love. Your favorite movie that came out before you were born. Wow, and interesting. To, yeah, to answer that question. I am going to go, without a doubt, with the movie The Graduate. I love that movie. I think that that movie could come out at any time and be fantastic. I think some of the themes that are taken on in that movie, some of the awkward humor that is so far before its time, I think, uh, in that movie. And just, like, the dialogue is phenomenal. The guy that wrote it, I believe his name is Charles Webb. I've read some of his other stuff. Really good with dialogue. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, phenomenal in it. Um just uh, the, the entire the entire movie is is really 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 great, and if you haven't seen it, I know it's an old movie, and a lot of people, myself included, are are reticent to go out and rent or or see an an old movie because sometimes they just don't live up to the hype. This one does. This one's phenomenal. So, man, that is tough, dude. That is really tough. J- James, do you have one? I had one, but it turns out that it was released. A month and a half after I was born, so it doesn't qualify. <laughs> what, was it Casablanca? No, it was not. It was not Casablanca. I've got one. I've got one. Um, Caddyshack, easy pick. This is Good actually, job. yeah, yeah. We've we've dis- we've discussed Caddyshack many a times, and this this movie is like I said earlier, comedy favorite genre, and this fits right in it. Just a straight comedy about <laughs> caddies, little, very literally, and uh, the characters around a golf course and everybody in this movie does a great job jokes all around cheers all around god rest i can't even talk god rest rodney dangerfield but uh yeah great movie if you haven't seen it definitely check it out and this movie never never ceases to cheer me up um yeah that leaves me 
I James, wanna... who is 104 years old, yeah. is going to have a lot of difficulty answering this. I was going to say The Godfather, but apparently it came oh. out the month after I was born, so I can't use The Godfather. <laughs> um, so... They're going to figure out your birthday, Jim. They're going to triangulate your birthday That's now. That's fine. I'm old. <laughs> I'm over it. Um, the first thing that popped in my mind after that was The Apartment. Interesting. Uh, it's a comedy. I think I've mentioned it a couple times on the show before. Um, Jack yeah, Lemmon. Yeah. Yep. Um, basically, he he's middle management in some office building. His bosses are always wanting to have secret affairs away from their wives, so he kind of always loans out his apartment to the boss and you know whatever broad they're bringing over. He ends up kind of falling for one of the broads that get brought over and hijinks ensue. It's actually a good comedy. I think it holds up really well even though it's from the 60s, I believe. And I I just really liked it. I thought it did a good job. It's uh, another one I wanted to mention. This I'm not changing my answer, but Cool Hand Luke was another one I was sort of thinking on and setting on. That's pre- that's really old, uh, 67, I think. And that movie just never ceases to amaze me. It's awesome. It's a really cool movie for sure. Yeah. Um, we also have uh, live listener B. Lee suggests Animal House, which we were just discussing before about yeah. how... Oh, geez, and apparently is. knows what year I was born, so... <laughs> Yeah, he's triangulated it. He's laughing at it. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I, again, uh, Parker Posey is available on the forums for you to answer and play along as the saying goes. Also on uh, Facebook, look for the Movie Hour page. You will find us there. And thank you guys all for playing along as usual and our ever, ever supporting listeners. You guys, you, we love you guys. We truly do. And we uh, would also, again, like to wish Michelle a, a good race. Keep it up. Keep your chin up. And keep looking whatever you runners do. Keep your See that person in front of you? Good. You're going to catch that person. Yeah. <laughs> Hunt them down. <laughs> yeah, it'll be good. Uh, next week we have uh, at least a big topic in Star Trek because uh, our May month is going to be pretty busy. We're going to discuss Star Trek next week, so all the Trekkies are going to have to come out for that. Uh, Beely, not happy about it. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> Beely, we'll talk about it a lot the live listener next week. Uh, James and Jeff, thank you for the input. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Thanks. Drive safe, everybody. <laughs> right, everyone, thank you for listening. Michelle, I hope you're at mile five. Jason Biggs, Experimental Physics Movie Hour. Take care. Yeah, part of the reason I wanted to ask this is to make fun of you for being old, by the way. I was <laughs> throwing that out there right now. Yeah, I was struggling. I'm like, oh, this one, no. Oh, this one. Yeah, I was going to try and like get like a talkie joke. I had like, a, oh, I, is it a talkie Jim? <laughs> I said a talkie. My favorite is great. Charlie Chaplin. You should have said that. Billy, <laughs> <laughs> did you say we love you guys, but could you love us back? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what that was. That's, it. that's exactly. <laughs> we love you guys a lot, but seriously, tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> 